Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello, and welcome to your podcast. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's right down. We're what, 13 minutes in on this one. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> we front-loaded all of our uh, conversation and, and divergence before we got to the actual episode. Yeah. I'm doing okay. This is a, a weird time because it's like California, and I, I guess I guess the rest of America is, in, in a, when, when we're recording this, is like, finally accepting that we opened up too soon yeah shouldn't have done any of that yeah it looks i think i saw someone saying that like texas and florida are most likely going to close back down good some other state i don't remember what the other state was but yeah you should (laughs) we shouldn't have opened in the first place i love how like fucking it was it gavin newsom or or i think it was or is it Eric Garcetti? I can't remember which. Eric, if you don't know, Eric Garcetti is the mayor of LA and Gavin Newsom is the governor of California. Like we, we're opening, like bars and restaurants are open and um, Orange County like went to court with the state of California so that masks can't be mandatory. <laughs> like they, it ruled in their favor. Um, and like, or no, they, the mayor just decided, or the, the mayor and the like, Counts the city council of I think it was Huntington Beach just or Newport Beach just kind of decided they weren't going to follow that rule anyway, um, uh, and now he's one of the two of them on Twitter were like everybody wear a mask and it's like somebody tweeted like dude we're getting whiplash you're like go to the bars but don't go to the bars you idiots <laughs> like <laughs> no it's it, the mask thing is the most frustrating I think I heard it put best but it's it's like it has nothing to do with freedom. Like, why aren't you, why aren't the same people protesting if they can't go in barefoot into a Circle K? It's a hygiene issue. That's it. That's it. It's not freedom. It's hygiene. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, the fact that they're not protesting clothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it just shows that it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Well, and I hate, like, how everybody's trying to make it into, like, a, a medical thing. Like, you're inhaling oh, yeah. all your carbon dioxide. And it's like, dude. All the medical professionals that have had to wear masks for years when they're working, surgeons especially, they're fine. (laughs) Like, stop trying to make up science so that you can have, you don't have to wear a mask and you can be an asshole. Do they want, do they want their surgeons, if they ever have to have an operation, to not wear masks and gloves for their personal freedom? I'm not going to do that. Like, no, absolutely not. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't understand, like, I mean, I totally understand what's going on. It's like government is encouraging this because they don't want to pay out an unemployment and they don't want to have to give another stimulus check to everybody if we're going to be closed for another like three months it's one twelve hundred dollar check <laughs> once for not enough, not enough. <laughs> like, it's not enough for one human much less yeah for even for one month things. that's not enough <laughs> like especially here right um that's why I'm leaving. Yeah, especially <laughs> like, in California, it's not enough. Um, so it's just like it's like exclusively this, why I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, like it, all of this, like all of this uptick in like cases and like the need to open up, like the whole you know economic issue of of not being able to open up for like business owners. It's like this could all be solved if the government just like paid businesses to keep their employees staffed and paid them and paid everybody to stay home real easy (laughs) like it's not the option of like hey we just don't open in our economy tanks or we open and everybody dies it's like there is a third option (laughs) they just don't want to do it (laughs) 
because uh, other it, countries have had no problem doing that. So yeah, and big companies could also make make huge sacrifices and choices. Like yes. <laughs> all of them could. Yeah. Like, but absolutely. But they, most of them aren't. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's ridiculous. So anyway, let's talk about Shield. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's go to a more positive uh, escape, which would be the most apocalyptic <laughs> future Dude. where there's barely any humans surviving under subjugation from aliens. But yeah. it weirdly is a nice escape right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like they have it much worse. <laughs> I don't, I'm not that much worse, but you know. No, but you there. hear Deke's story in this episode, and I'm like, whew. Well, it could be a little worse. They could have rounded up all the smart people and killed yeah. them. Like, well, okay, that's been done people. in human history before no, uh, Khmer Rouge and Cambodia. So, <laughs> yeah, also, <laughs> and <yeah>. China. <laughs> too too often that stuff happens. Yeah. But but so. you know, thinking about like applying it to our situation, it'd be like if if Fauci died and his son just had to pick up where he left off, like as a that's kid. true. <laughs> <laughs> sort sort of geek situation. So. <laughs> Oh, I didn't think about it like that, but yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, before we get started, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community, so be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, butwhythoughpodcast.com. We are super proud to be a part of their community. So this is season five, episode four, titled A Life Earned, as opposed to A Life Spent in the last episode, uh, written by Drew Z. Greenberg, uh, directed by Stan Brooks, originally aired December 15th, 2017. So if you've forgotten what happened since last time Daisy was captured by Cassius because Deke sold her out, that asshole. Um, so Daisy is having her blood taken um, by some Cree and Cassius is like walking, pacing around her, having this speech about how he actually saved humanity. Huh. <laughs> That's not propaganda spun or anything. That's some uh, imperialist <laughs> bullshit right there. Yeah, exactly. It made me think of Trump. Like, oh, I'm actually saving the country by opening up the economy. Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, when I got here, it was just a rock. Everybody was struggling. And I, I you know, whipped it back into shape or whatever. And um, he's starting to put together that there's something, like, between Daisy and Gemma. Like, they are connected somehow. And um, he's like, I don't think you're here to destroy me. He's like, because he knows about the prophecies that, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to come, you know, and save them all. And he's like, I think you're actually here to help me. And um, his plan is to sell Daisy to the highest bidder um, so that he can move up in the world and he can leave the station because apparently he does not want to be there. That part is much, very obvious. And he's like, if you don't comply, I'm going to hurt Gemma's face. <laughs> so, of course, Gemma can't hear any of this. She's just standing there. Um, so May shows up in the works in Grill's workstation, and apparently all of the trawlers have been grounded. So now she is working on the rocks with everybody else, and they're trying to figure out where Daisy went. Nobody knows. And Mac, the four Mac, Yo-Yo, May, and Coulson are all chatting, and Mac get zapped because grill's like no chatting and working blah 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 we gotta meet our quotas and he has this whole you know yelling speech and max like why did you zap me like everybody's like talking and he's like oh because it was funny it was funnier when you zap the big guy <laughs> like and then grill demands that matt comes with him because he wants him to be his muscle he wants him to go rough some guy up and intercept like him when he's supposed to get a package and you know make sure he comes and pays grill and Mac is like, why, why me? And he's like, have you seen yourself? So it's like this whole poor Mac, like is 
the softest boy, like doesn't want to beat anybody up. And he keeps getting recruited to be, you know, a shield agent and, you know, more than once because in the framework, not that he was recruited, he volunteered, but again, like signs up for, you know, you know, punching people when that's not something he wants to do. <laughs> he gets so. dragged in, in, into this cycle of violence. And it's like, and he is definitely being like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, typecast, you know, but, but oh, like, yeah. like this dude even calls him a beast. And it's really great, like acting from Henry Simmons, because you can see that it's like, it's like, I love it because it is, it's, it's anger at when he hears it, but it's not like rage it's like because it, it, it's also like sadness it's just like why when does this fucking end yeah. and, and like thinking about it in the current context of every of everything yeah, the fact that saying. this guy sees a black man and sees you know his potential for violence or or danger or whatever it, yeah. it, 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 it's so upsetting but also very true to life and like yeah. subtle writing i feel it feels like they knew exactly what they were doing with how the whole scene plays out without being as heavy handed, I think, as most Marvel shows would be. I don't yeah. mean that even in a, like a really critical way of the other shows. I think a lot of times we should be heavy handed because we should be teaching these lessons very clearly to children. And yeah. unfortunately, a lot of adults still need this shit to yeah. fed to them. But it, if it, it when in light of everything being made more aware, because there's nothing new happening in the real world right now. It's just we're m more aware of it than ever before. But yeah. I feel like it's. It was especially poignant and really, really excellent, subtle uh, facial acting just from like Henry Simmons's reactions in those moments yeah. where it's just like you could you could see him going through a lot, like just not wanting to listen to Grill, but also having no there's no escape from it. It's like he he controls his fate right now and it yeah. sucks. And I feel like Mac. He's pushed back against that stereo the way he's been typecast and stereotyped is, you know, this the muscle. And he can't do that in this case at all <laughs> because, like you said, his fate is in his hands. And it's like not lost on me that this is a white man doing this to a black man. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, was that intentional in the writing or was is this just a byproduct of Hollywood being in a white supremacist society that that does stereotype black men into that category? <laughs> <laughs> no, it it feels like like my hope that there's some awareness is because they're not the show itself isn't falling into it. There's characters who are falling into it, but like Max, not even though he's struggling with with his situation, Max, not any of the things they say he is. You know? Do you know what that's I mean? True. Yeah. Like, but 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 I still think that stuff seeps into it. It doesn't have to be intentional because it sucks. Like you can have a well written, authentic character who's supposed to be bad or a jerk or manipulative but and not intend to use white supremacy to bring that out but it can still i think subtly incorporate its, itself into anything because like you said it's, it's in every aspect of our society it's just it, we can't we can't undo it just because we know it's wrong like like we have to really unravel it yeah i'm wondering how much henry simmons input into this these scenes with grill between him and grill like how much input he had um, I mean, clearly through his acting, like he is trying to make the audience aware of like, hey, not only is this an internal struggle for the character himself, but this is like a societal struggle. <laughs> I don't know if that's just us reading into it or if, I feel like he's trying to bring that across. I, um, I think so, too. Like, 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 to me, I don't know if it's just giving extra credit to him or whatever, like you said, but it does feel like there's something in that emotional response from him you can feel that there's like a weight on him that's not 
anything he's done, you know, that's yeah. just put like, on him. I don't feel like we would have had the same, not that Ward is in any way a similar character to him, but if Ward was a similar character to Mac, I don't think we would have that same heaviness with this reaction because Ward is a white dude. Speaking of Ward, I had a dream about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, abs- I absolutely do. I think. And again, so. I don't know if that's because of Henry Simmons, just awareness of living in the world as a black man, or if there is, you know, something more to to the writing that we obviously are not privy to. But no, yeah, my dream about Ward actually Coulson was in it too. Like we were in a mall or something, and like Ward bought me like a drink from like a like a you know a stand. <laughs> <laughs> and then like i don't know what's happening like something was going on like on the beach and that like there was this whole i don't know it was a weird really weird dream that made no sense but colson was there too and he was very nice um <laughs> really that's really weird yeah that's really weird <laughs> um so anyway uh daisy goes to um she goes to this the arena area where um Gemma was watching uh, the inhuman abby fight the big dude before and there's some boy I say some boys fighting it's men fighting but um one of them is quite competent and strong and he's not wearing a shirt and the other dude uh is just some blonde white dude and um they stop fighting um cuz the guy without the shirt on kind of kicks his ass and then they go he goes over to he goes over to a table and daisy like kind of sees like meat and fruit and all this like you know rich people food essentially because everybody else on the on the station is eating shit eating like soy based whatever you know grown from a lab um and the inhumans like yeah um they grow it and he just like starts conversation as if he can read her thoughts and he can read her thoughts that's his power as an inhuman um and um him and daisy don't get to have a further conversation because the dude that was fighting him clears the room except for daisy and Cassius and lady basha show up and they want a demonstration of her powers so mac and yo-yo are gonna go through with grill's request they're gonna go rough up this guy whose name is gunner and colson and may are gonna go check out the cree level that grill mentioned to mac where this guy was coming from level 35 and then it's like, are you serious? We're gonna, we don't have any weapons, we don't have any intel, we don't even know what's on that floor. Colson's like, yeah, it'll be fine. And she's just like, all right, cool. I feel like May is in kind of a similar situation with Colson at this point. She's like the muscle <laughs> for Colson, and she just kind of has to go along with whatever he wants, even though she's injured. Kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it, it does suck. May is like occasionally uses a blunt instrument more often mm-hmm. than she should be. Like, usually it's done not in like a I don't know, but not not in, in an objectifying way or whatnot. But I, I feel like there's not enough agency in some of these. Some of the, sometimes I can see that fight back though in some cases. So it's just like, but those cases are so rare that they really do like, like whoa, May is like saying no. Okay, <laughs> you know, um, which is not great. I don't know. I just. Um, I feel like she trusts Coulson so much that she's like, all right, he, he has a plan. He knows, you know, he'll figure something out, but I still feel bad. <laughs> it gets brought up in the next episode as well. So it doesn't go well for her. Anyway, 
Um, so Daisy is coerced into demonstrating her abilities because if she doesn't, Gemma will be harmed. Um, and Cassius and, and, and Lady Bosch are very pleased with what she demonstrates. And it's not even anything. She just like quakes that white dude into the walls <laughs> and just like, uh, and then she gets dragged away. Um, and then Lady Basha starts talking to Cassius and she wants to bid for her. She's like, oh, you know, since I'm here, like, I want to get a head start and bid. And Cassius is like, nope. Um, you know, I have other people coming and we're going to do the bidding over dinner. And since you'd prefer to eat on your own ship, that kind of excludes you, doesn't it? And so she is pissed off and she leaves. Um, and Deke is there just randomly eating food off the table. Um, and he's there to be paid. And Cassius hands him what is called a rhodium coin. And apparently it's quite valuable. Um, and Deke knows a lot about like rare metals apparently as well, because of course he does. Um, and Cassius, um, proposes to Deke that if he keeps an eye out for other people from this prophecy, um, he would reward him. And, and, um, <laughs> he has, Deke has this line or no, Cassius is talking about how like, you know, the, the prophecy is so mysterious. Who can who can hope to unravel it? And Deke is like, well, maybe the prophecy wouldn't be such a mystery if you didn't kill everybody who knew anything about it, <laughs> which, yeah, fair. Um, so Deke agrees to help Cassius out, which is sucks. But we know there's something more. <laughs> um, so Daisy is waiting in the hallway of like the chambers that like Gemma like works in and she grabs the inhuman dude that can read people's minds. We never get his name. Right. In this episode. I think I, think I saw it in the credits or something, but it's like Ben or something. I don't know. There's one name listed like, but I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't remember them ever mentioning it. Uh, I know. I know I looked for it because I tried to see if he was based on anyone from the comics, but I don't, don't think he is. I think he's just some dude. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was looking like at the closed caption to see if like his name popped up at all because they do that sometimes when they talk off screen but i didn't see anything so i was like all right he's just the inhuman that can read people's minds that's a very long title anyway um (laughs) so (laughs) apparently um this dude knows the game like he knows that the inhumans have to fight each other and that they get bid for and sold um, and that's just the way it is. But the rest of the Inhumans don't know. And Daisy's like, we have to tell them this is bad. Um, and he's like, no, uh, this is survival. Like, we do this because if we don't, our families will be punished. And if we do, they're rewarded. So this gives them a chance to survive. And he tells her, I suggest you play the game. So Deke pops into the hallway and he immediately gets grabbed by Coulson and May. And they're like... Daisy was looking for you. Did you find her? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. She, like, went off on her own. He tells a a very, like, convincing lie (laughs) Um, because he uses the quotes from their earlier conversation that Daisy actually said to him. It was just in a different context. Um, And it was the conversation they had, like, right before she went up to the floor with the plants and he sold her out. And um, Colson's like, okay, that does sound like her. But he's clearly not convinced. Um, he, Deke says that she went like radio silent, <laughs> and so there's not going to be any communication from her over his ass. Um, but Colson's like, actually, I need you. Um, I want to know what's on level 35. And um, he Deke starts laugh. He, he doesn't know first of all, and then he starts laughing when Colson tells him he wants to go to the surface of the earth. And Coulson, he's like, dude, why you're like 
what is wrong with you guys? You guys are crazy. And uh, so Colson shows and lets Deke listen to the radio transmission that they found from Virgil's contact with um, with the surface. And Deke is like, okay, yeah. Like once he hears that transmission, he's down. He's like, let me go grab some stuff and let's go. Um, can you hear Hobbs? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, good. He's being very loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I didn't close the door before we started recording. Anyway, uh, Mac and Yo-Yo find their, find Gunner. They find their mark. Um, and Mac's like, oh, just, just, just be casual. And she's like, if you can see me, that's me walking casual, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, and Mac starts having this conversation with her. He's like really unhappy about the lengths that they're having to go to survive right now. Um, he's worried about their souls. He's like, I don't want to end up like fits in the framework. And Yo-Yo's like, um, he's like, yeah, I feel like we could do things, you know, the right way. And we can still like maintain our morality. And she's like, yeah, because you grew up in the suburbs. <laughs> Wait, she's so harsh on him, but yeah. so like deservingly so. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, I grew up in a city like this and you got to do what you got to do to survive. Like, and if that means we got to rough but a couple people up, we have to kill people, then so be it. Because that's what matters is that we get through this and we save everybody like the kind of the end justifies the means kind of thing. And um, the gunner disappears around the corner and they kind of go after him. And um, she gets like kind of scary in this moment. She's like, let's go, let's go rough him up. Like <laughs> she's kind of like, we'll beat him up if we need to. And like, I don't know. She says all these things that's are like, Whoa, yo, yo. <laughs> like, and Mac is kind of like, Oh my God. Um, so Sonara walks down the hall, that same hallway, and there's this metal worker that Gunnar was talking to you before he went around the corner. And she walks up to him, and she takes his soldering iron and like walks off with it. And because <laughs> she's remembering that Gemma had help when she tried to heal that guy that got that got shot um, or stabbed. I think he was stabbed. I don't think there's guns, right? Um, She's she's thinking of May that like grabbed that thing so that Gemma could cauterize his wound. Um, so she's remembering that there's there's more than just Daisy and Gemma on the on the station. So Cassius is eating things and his humans are standing there looking off into the distance ready to serve him. And he tells Gemma that he's thirsty. So she goes and pours him a glass of water and she's very like distraught and like defiant while she pours her water <laughs> and then Sonara shows up and scares her and she shows up with that soldering iron and he and she's she like shows it to him he's like I know I know and so he brings Daisy out and he's like okay what's going on um Sonara says that your friend Gemma had a, a friend helping her heal the other human and um Daisy's like well I would ask her but she can't hear me <laughs> so <laughs> um you know, I don't, I don't know anything about that. Um, and he brings out the inhuman that can read minds and he turns off his blocker. I don't know if I mentioned that, but they have these blockers that can like block their powers. Um, and he calls it a, a welcome relief sometimes because he can hear everybody's thoughts. Um, and so he wants this inhuman to read Daisy's thoughts and tell Cassius if, if, if they're telling the truth. And so Daisy tells her side of the story and the Inhuman says, you know, they're telling the truth. And Sonara is like, mm, I don't buy it. And so Cassius asks Daisy if they came through time together or separately. And Daisy's like, we came together. And he asks her to tell the story. And so she tells the story that is not true. 
that, you know, Gemma was distraught over Fitz and it was just the three of them at the diner and they got brought, you know, some of it is true. Like they, you know, the power went out, whatever, and then they got brought through and they ended up here. Um, and he asks, uh, and while, while she's telling the story, he, she's kind of looking at Gemma, like willing her to like, please like read my lips. And so he steps <laughs> in front of Daisy as she's telling the story so that they can't like communicate, you know, non-verbally. Um, and Cassius then turns to Gemma and asks her to tell the story. And she tells the exact same story. And Daisy figures out that that inhuman can, I put, he can plant thoughts in people's minds, but what he can do is he can allow other people to read his mind. So he helped them out. And um, Cassius seems annoyed that their stories line up. And he has Daisy and the inhuman taken away taken away and Sonara is like upset and she like goes up to him he's like yeah I know I I I, I share your concerns um I have somebody else working on this we're gonna we're gonna figure this out so they know something's up feels like Cassius like you say I, I feel like the way you said it initially where it's like he's annoyed but their stories don't line up and like yeah. Sonara is suspicious it's like he does seem more li- like less like he's smart and knows shit's up and more like he's just mad but he can't punish someone in a yeah, weird there's way. there's no whereas, excuse to punish them. Yeah. yeah, whereas, like, Sonara actually just feels like she knows what's up. Like, she's like, mm-hmm. oh, like she can't fucking fool me. Like, come on. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and, and I, so I, even though it puts them in the exact same place, like, one of them is clever and is aware of what's happening, and the other one is just a petulant child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that is exactly it. Um. So Deke takes Coulson and May to level 36 because they they don't have access to level 35. They don't have clearance. And so so he floats, uh, he uses his little belt buckle thing to float up into the elevator shaft. And then um, Coulson's like, do you trust him? And May's like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) But they, you know, they just let him do his thing in this moment. Um, And he opens the door and lets them onto level 35 and it's all fine, seems like. so Daisy goes up to the inhuman dude and is like, what the fuck? Um, and he's like, yeah, I covered for you. Like, you should say thank you. <laughs> um, and also he tells her, he's like, I have, this is the closest I've ever been to Cassius ever. Like, and I, I needed to get in that room. And so, cause he wanted to read Cassius's mind and he tells him, he tells her that Cassius hates this place so much. And he hates the station so much that after he's, he's using Daisy to get to leave and then he's going to destroy everything that's left behind (laughs) because he's so mad um so uh colson may and deke walk into a lab so this floor is like a scientific floor and there are cree scientists at work in there and um deke hears a scream and he goes to investigate and it's a human baby like in a or like the little incubator things that creamies are in And apparently, fertility is an issue on the base. And Coulson's like, wow, way to get even more dystopian. (laughs) And um, Deke's like, we think they do it through the food. They're like sterilizing them somehow. Um, So the Kree have total control over their reproduction. They create the humans themselves. And um, they're able to increase the chances of inhumans being born. Or I guess they're not born, being made. I don't know. Um, And... May's like, huh, okay. And she comes and just punches Deke out of nowhere. And he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, 
Um, I found somebody in the system who is being, you know, scanned for her genes. Is she, it's Daisy. Daisy, like I now, now we know where she is. She was captured by the Kree. Like, is she being used to like, you know, make the next generation of inhumans? And, and Coulson's like, yeah, you better tell us, or this is the part where May breaks your face. This is where it really felt like, um, he was using her as a, mu- has the muscle. <laughs> <laughs> where he was basically like a mob boss being yeah, like, like this, my friends here are gonna mess up your face <laughs> um and deke starts to try to explain and then these two curry bruiser dudes show up and they're very strong and may you know has no problem dispatching one of them um but deke you know he gets stabbed in the process and they're still trying to fend off this other one and they finally get him down but they hear more Cree coming um, so Coulson is going to get Deke out of there and May volunteers to stay behind. She's going to hold them off so that they can escape. And Coulson's like, no. And she's like, no, I got this. It's fine. Um, he's like, but your leg. It's like, oh, now you care about her leg. <laughs> um, and so they get lost. And the Kree that shows up is Sonara with her little metal balls. Um, so Yo-Yo and Mac bust in on Gunner in his quarters. And... Um, Gunner's like, no, I'm good for it. Like, I'll pay him. No, don't worry about it. Like, it's fine. And Yo-Yo starts getting really tough um, on him and is like, oh, we're going to like, we'll, you know, we'll beat you up or whatever she's, I can't remember what she says, but um, he reaches for something that, you know, in, in the basket that he's holding and Mac comes up to him and makes him drop everything that he's holding. And he's like, um, you know, we can help you make your package disappear if you'd like. Um so uh, Mac tells Gunner, he's like, yeah, we can help you. We can make this package disappear. And Gunner's like, what the fuck? Why would you do that? And he starts getting violent. And him and Mac kind of start fighting a bit. And Yo-Yo notices what's on the floor. She's like, Mac, Mac, look. And it's baby stuff. It's like toys and things. And Gunner's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Who threatens a child? Um, and he's like, what kind of person are you? Um, I, and dude, of all people to say this too, he says this to Mac. And he says, I hope you never get the privilege. You'd mess it up anyway. People like you don't deserve a child. And then Mac just beats the shit out of him. And Yo-Yo's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And like, Conway brings him back. But, dude. This was so rough. Like, I I was, I I usually hate those moments for like characters that I care about who like lose control or whatever. But in that moment, watching it, like rewatching it, I was just like, yeah, no, I get it. (laughs) He's pretty justified. Yeah. Just everything that's happened to Mac and where he is, like the fact that they haven't been out of the framework a week, you know, like, like I'm okay with it. (laughs) It's not a, it's not a fun scene. It's not something I'm happy that happened, but like, I get how this is building, how the storyline builds to this point. And it's, it's, it's really, it's the fallout. It's the conversation he has later, a couple scenes later, really so rough. I didn't remember this at all. I forgot. I forgot this part too. Like, Completely. I think maybe because it was so rough. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so Sonara and May are having a standoff. Um, and, you know, they're, you know, as it's a good fight. It's a good fight scene. Um, and May is able to knock one of the balls out of her hand and, you know, takes it out of the picture. But Sonara ca- calls one back and she has, you know, thrown May across the room and she's not doing so hot. Um, and, um, meanwhile, Deke is getting bandaged up by Coulson and Coulson is like, is everything good? Like not too tight. He's like, yeah, good. I'm fine. And then he punches him in the face and he's like, dude, you guys got to stop doing that. And he's like, 
okay, I'll tell you what happened. He's like, I had to take Daisy out of the mix because she is the destroyer of worlds and Cassius would have killed hundreds to get to her. Like, she needed to be taken out of the picture. And um, Coulson's like, okay, like, your intentions were not moral in this or not, like, you didn't have noble intentions just taking her out of the picture because you didn't want people to die. Like, you're going to profit off of this somehow. Um, And he accuses him of trying to um, sell out the people that are on the surface. He's like, you just want, you know, more information so you can sell them out to Cassius. And and Diga's like, you don't know anything about me. He's like, tells him what happened to him as a kid. He's like, I was nine. My mother was taken and killed. And so my father had to take up her work and he, for punishment, was sent to the surface. And he's like, I never thought I would hear his voice again until you until you played it on that radio. So his father's voice is the one that's speaking to Virgil on the radio. Holy shit. I didn't remember this either. (laughs) Gemma and Fitz's (laughs) son-in-law? I literally did not remember any of this. No. Yeah. And Coulson, he's like, um... I don't buy it. So you got to prove it. Um, and so he's like, give me the money that you got from Cassius. And so he de- readily gives the money to him. And Coulson's like, all right, well, I still don't trust you. I got to take you out of the picture. And so they weld him into his room so he can't get out, which is like, damn. <laughs> um, and um, I'm assuming it's Max slips the money to Gunner. Um, under his door and so we see a scene with gunner and his wife and the baby and they have money so they can well, grill get him off his back hmm? yeah no, no I, I was gonna say i feel like the there was one moment when deke was trying to explain things but right before uh colson kind of really got into him where he, he he tries to like also float the proposition that they're not mutually exclusive like him profiting off of selling yeah. out daisy doesn't mean he wasn't doing it for the right thing to start it just means he's trying to survive and he even says that at one point it's like it's called survival not profit like he's yeah. like, like he's like i'm not doing this to get it up over anyone else or whatever to be greedy it's like he just wants to live <laughs> and, yeah yeah and- which he I think really that's did. pretty much what any of us would do no <laughs> like, i think so realistic <laughs> and th- th- i mean that's that's yo-yo's whole point is like like Mac and Coulson's philosophies that make them the perfect shield directors and people in power in an ideal situation are good things, but that should has to be flexible if it, if it, it it's a matter of life and death for the, your loved ones and yourself. Like you're like, that's, it, it, it's a, a hard thing to understand, I think, but and I, I enjoy it, especially like on a show where it does glorify superhuman police, essentially yeah. like to actually ask these deep questions. Like, if you're okay with war, then you're okay with moral relativism. Like, yeah. like murder's cool. If if it's in a foreign country to protect interests you don't understand, just because they say it's for a national reason, then then you're okay with murder in some situations. Like it's just like the whole everything that's going on in the public eye right now. It's it's just shining a light on you know police sanctioned murder and whatnot. But like I don't know. I, I like that Shield does make us ask these questions. They certainly don't have to on a marvel abc show yeah i agree um and even though like the shield team is not necessarily in that police role right now they are they are taking up that role (laughs) you know what i mean the arbiters of justice and morality and what's right fixing everything right they feel like they are the ones to save this human population and fix things in the future or the past or whatever this is confusing anyway (laughs) Um, whatever it is (laughs) timeline we're in um they have taken it upon themselves to like 
essentially fulfill the prophecy that was, you know, handed down for, you know, children. And they didn't, you know, like they didn't necessarily have to do that. They could have, you know, done what Deke is doing or what Yo-Yo is kind of doing and just like play the game so that they can survive and they can keep as many people alive as possible in this timeline now. But instead what's happening is they're, you know, that moral relativism is like they're actually trying to be so staunchly moral and, and, and right that they're getting a lot more, they're going to get a lot more people killed (laughs) in this timeline. Um, They're going to save a lot of people in the, in the long run, but it goes back to like, the end justifies the means. It's like both of the both group both sides of this, like Deke and Yo-Yo, are on this one side. I feel like, and then like Mac and I don't know. I don't know what May's opinion is on all of this, so I don't know if she might fall in the middle somewhere. But May, um, Mac and Coulson, it's like they're essentially kind of doing the same thing. It's just like one side is being realistic about what's happening, the other is just kind of ignoring all of the consequences of their actions. <laughs> I totally agree. When when you first were like kind of just describing that like in my head i was i i, I was drawing like a like a column like with yeah, each group same. and 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 as you were describing them i was thinking like yeah yo-yo and mac are the pragmatists you know like they're are not, not mac yo-yo and deke are, are the pragmatists like they're looking at it realistically whereas the other the, the the perspective that mac and colson have are very much like an idealist you know view but it is the same goal it's to save humanity it's just do we do it in some weird like perfect solution that might not be possible or we just go with whatever we've got going now and try to keep it keep it going and, and build later you know rebuild rebuild or whatever like it's it, it it is interesting i like it because it it is showing that there isn't just one way or one right answer yeah yeah um and i feel like in a couple episodes um tess ends up paying for colson and max mistakes if i'm not mistaken i think i think you're right I think they have to learn that like they need, this is not a time to be I for idealism. <laughs> well, and and I, I hate to digress too much, but by one other like weird kind of dark thought, and it's the same thing with all these other shows and movies and things that involve time travels and rewriting histories where one person goes to another reality because, you know, the whole story of this they 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 can feel okay when it's all over because Tess is dead and yeah it's awful but that whole reality isn't isn't part of what they're associated with anymore but it's not like they undid that reality because Deke is still around um, they just left Tess dead in a future that's divergent from their own now yeah and, and whoever's left there still has to deal with that fallout right or or have all died because of their their actions or, or yeah. whatever but, but, but like i don't remember if they blow up the station when it's yeah, over I can't remember either and but i feel like, like the same thing happened in the framework with like Daisy the virtual lives yes I, they I, were like none of this matters but the people i mean the npcs essentially but they're still like people and affecting real people that they love and care about like and they took the pains to illustrate with robot may that those artificial intelligent creations did have their own free will. Right? <laughs> yeah. So like, so they, they went, they drove that point home and then had them erase a whole society, a whole planet full of them. It's really weird. And I think about, uh, I, I always think about back to the future mm-hmm. and Marty essentially like 
I, I want to write a movie that is basically a version of Back to the Future. Of, uh, like, like it isn't a par- it wouldn't be a parody or a sequel exactly, but it would would like definitely be <laughs> offshoot uh, an offshoot. But yeah, it's like he goes into a future that was better at the end of the first movie or or a present. He returns to a present that has a better life, but with a, a history he doesn't remember. He has yeah. a truck. His parents are successful. His brother and sister work different jobs. What happened to that Marty? Is he in our Marty's world? <laughs> Do they swap yeah. places? I want the story of that Marty fighting his way back to his world <laughs> and getting revenge on the guy who stole his life. Oh my God. That's kind of amazing <laughs> to think about. <laughs> I love it. But, but, the, I, but once you started like talking about this and we really got into it, like I'm like, yeah, they fucked the they just left Tess dead, and it's like, well, she wasn't our in our reality, but one of their best friends is from her reality. Like, yeah. Deke is part of a team now. It's very weird, dude. I wonder. I wonder if they're going to explore that at all. Uh, do they? I don't remember if I mean, they they, do they talk that. about it a little bit. In the season premiere, uh, we did already cover for, for season seven when Deke is talking about time theory. He sort of addresses it a little bit. But I don't know because they've also they've, well, he won't wait no because he'd already talked to Fitz about it and been proven right because he still was alive. Mm-hmm. So now I don't even understand what the idea yeah. of the show is necessarily. I and think maybe some things will diverge and some things won't. Yeah, is that right? I guess. Well, because I mean, more. I I guess my question was more about like, does Deke bring up the fact that like. Hey, like the reality that you took me from, those people are suffering from, you know, from the the fallout of what you guys did. Like that's still I on think you. They, I don't think it ever comes up directly. I feel like I don't think so either. The biggest ramification of this is the fact that our fits is never lived in their weird future. The yeah. alternate fits die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bizarre. Oof. What a weird show. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that next episode because... Yes, it, yes, they, we get really into that. Yeah, because um, I have a few things <laughs> I was confused about. Anyway, so um, I don't know if I said this or not. Gunner um, gets the money that Deke got from Kasai. Yes. And I'm pretty sure Mac is the one that gave it to him. They just slip it under the door. Um, and Mac is, they're back in the workstation and Mac is, you know, staring off into the distance and he's very sad and Yo-Yo goes to talk to him and she's like, do you want to talk? Um, and he's like, you know, it's funny here. I am telling you not to lose yourself. And he, you know, I, I lost myself and he's like, what if he's right? What if I'm not a good dad? And he starts, God, I'm going to cry talking about this. This is so sad. He said it was, he's like, look, this, it was harder for me to lose framework hope than it was to lose real hope. And he feels extreme guilt over that. He's like, I am more broken up about my fake daughter in a fucking computer program than I am about my real daughter that I actually lost. And he worries that this makes him a bad father. And Yo-Yo's like, no, like your love for hope in the framework was real. And that makes you a great father and a great man. And Grill shows up right at this moment and he ruins everything. And he's like, oh, Gunner paid up. I'm happy. And he's like, you fit right in. And that was exactly what mac did not need to hear um the one thing he could have said to him yeah but dude that scene oh my god i forgot about this whole like dynamic but i remembered like yo-yo 
talking about like you know we did we have come from different backgrounds you grew up in the suburbs i grew up like in columbia like that was run by by you know drug lords essentially and and gun you know a corrupt government and i didn't remember this at all <laughs> like i feel like i thought it was already taken care of but like just yo-yo being involved in him dealing with his processing his grief for hope but i kind of thought maybe that was just stuff at the end of the previous season i didn't remember how far it went into this and like like i immediately got super defensive of his, of his character like to him like if i was his therapist i know exactly what i would be like yeah. telling him because it's like i feel like for one it's bullshit cause to him they weren't they weren't separate you know in the moment when he loved framework hope he didn't remember that he had a real daughter and that it was fake they were the same person like it was just it's just additional more it's just it, he got a second chance of being with his real daughter his non-virtual daughter through the virtual hope and losing both of them is an exponential grief i think i think it's just losing his daughter a second time like it, yeah that would be harder for anyone <laughs> like, even if it uh, was a, a whatever a, a, something magical that you knew wasn't real like, like no matter what fictional trope you use if it's a chance to be with a deceased loved one that you lose again that's got to be hard I think what Yo-Yo said was perfect because it's kind of like what we've been we've been talking about as well with, you know, your experiences are real, your emotions are real. It makes it real. Um, yeah. And dude, when the he said when he he has this line of "I miss her" and he just breaks. <laughs> and I totally get like this struggle that he's going through. Like that's a you know. I could totally see how that he would feel guilt over that because when you're looking at it just like black and white, like, you know, framework is fake and, you know, whatever, like my, my real daughter would never even left the hospital. <laughs> so it's, he didn't have these experiences with real hope to miss like all he would, you know, it, it's not like he experienced them with her. And then now that's gone where that is the case with framework hope. He had a whole life with her for how old was she eight or something like that like eight years in the framework and you're, you, you, i think you're 100 percent right like it's like uh, no and he, he shouldn't feel that guilt i think like on a on a if i was his therapist or his friend or yeah. yo yo but but it's so human and i feel like the nature of that sort of thing i don't know that anyone could ever completely forgive themselves like like yeah. the best <laughs> Like, what does therapy look like in S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, huh? So I went into this, like, simulation, and I lived there for eight years with my fake daughter, and I miss her more than I miss my real daughter. Like, what would you do with that as a therapist? Especially <laughs> since halfway through therapy, your therapist turns into a crazy inhuman Hulk, Rastafarian Hulk, I think was what we called him. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think that's what Talbot called him. I think that's right. I was going to say, I, I remember hearing it. I'm like, we well, wouldn't have made that up. Like, neither of us would have made that up. Like, oh, after speaking <laughs> of Blair Underwood, um, he is in the um, the show. It's like a, a miniseries, self-made, um, about Madam C.J. Walker. He plays um, Mr. C.J. Walker, and he is very handsome and lovely. Um, and Octavia Spencer is uh, Madam C.J. Walker. And it was funny. I was like, I didn't know he was in this. <laughs> Speaking of some of our favorite former uh, Shield alum al alumnus that are uh, 
in other things, although it's not quite as current. It's like, what, four years old at this point, I guess? I just binged uh, the one-season Fox show Pitch that was really good uh, about, uh, like, the first major league uh, woman pitcher and a fictionalized character who's uh, was a member of the San, San, uh, San Diego Padres. And on that show, she had a brother who was in over his head and, like, well-intentioned and had some issues, but was, like, a really... I think likable, well-acted dude. And he's played by BJ Britt by trip. And mm. he was in like a handful of their 10 episodes or short season, but he was good in each one. And like his character was someone who like I, the show was good in that it didn't have people who were like just bad guys and good guys, you know, you know, because it wasn't that kind of show, but he, he was interesting because he had flaws, but was still, I think very, very likable. And you could see like, goodness and and earnestness and and good qualities in him and i feel like that's probably a credit as much to his acting as it is to the writing just because he is really really good at feeling relatable and likable and and just everything i've seen him in so far like he just he, the characters all seem unique but also like guys i want to know <laughs> <laughs> feel that so funny shield alum <laughs> that's, that's right um Self-made is on Netflix, by the way. I don't know if I said that, but it's on. Oh, there. nice! I, I I don't know if you if you had mentioned that. I I knew I I knew that was coming out, but like with the streaming stuff, I never have any idea when it actually releases. <laughs> like, I, I just know they're coming eventually. Yeah, and Netflix's like user interface is terrible. <laughs> it really is. Shows that I have watched all of, like it'll tell me about like hey, you should watch this. It's like, I did. <laughs> like, like, but then the other shows that like I watched the first season, of, I won't know it's come back for weeks, even yeah. though. Also, the um, there's like a finished watching tab that is there sometimes and, there, and it's not there sometimes. So like sometimes <laughs> like it'll say like, hey, finish watching S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then other times I go to watch it and I'm like, I have to go search for it because it's- Yeah, that it'll change where it there. is. <laughs> it'll change where that 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 spot is, like you said. It'll either disappear or it'll go to like the bottom. Or yeah. Sometimes it'll be at the top when I start. It is really bizarre. It's really annoying. I've ended up putting it in my favorites so that it was just at the top always. But I was like, I, but you know, I've already watched all of Shield, so like, <laughs> I didn't necessarily want to put it there. That's for stuff that I want to watch that I haven't watched right. yet. But yeah, it's so annoying. I don't know. Netflix needs to fix a lot of things. <laughs> so. So, uh, self-made you said that's on netflix and if anyone yes. is interested in pitch if you like baseball or just good character drama and like it was cool because it, it, it was like half about baseball but half about like the the societal progress we would have if a woman <laughs> pitched in major league baseball and it, I, it, it was good i think because it, it was about social issues but also character driven and i don't know it, it was interesting but that one is all available on hulu because it was a fox show and since the disney purchase i think all all yeah. of the things that don't make sense for Disney Plus necessarily are on Hulu. Um, so the very end scene of this episode, um, Sonara walks back into Cassius's chambers without May. So Sonara is fine. What the fuck happened to May? Um, and she goes to Cassius and she smiles and she's cleaning the blood off of the metal balls. <laughs> That, and, that sentence in our <laughs> reads <yeah>. different. <laughs> uh, and Kasaias is entertaining his guests and he brings out all the Inhumans. 
And he's like, I have something for you. It is the destroyer of worlds. And he brings Daisy out in chains. And he's like, do you do you ask the buyers if they have any requests? Because they're going to do demonstrations of their powers. And this dude in a mask comes out and he tells Cassius that Daisy should fight to, to the death because she is the destroyer of worlds. And it's Fitz. <laughs> it is. I was going to say, and we said last episode, I think, that he looks like Boosh from, or Bausch from Star Wars, uh, Leia's bounty hunter disguise. But he sounds like Kylo Ren. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what I thought too. And he's like a Scottish Kylo Ren. Yeah, and his and his mask looks like a Snake Eyes from GI Joe. <laughs> so, so I feel like Fitz is like cosplaying as his favorite character. So funny. And the next episode, we get to find out what Fitz was up to this whole time. So yes, which was a, a good episode and just and cool, like in the context of the season to to catch up with them finally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this was a, a an emotional episode considering yeah. like everything. Not like the stuff with Deke and with with Mac. It was just like, dude. Remember, I didn't remember feeling emotion for Deke. <laughs> yeah, this early on, I, I again, I think I blocked it out because it's I find it, it distasteful to <laughs> to like anything but Goofy Deke. You know? <laughs> it is really interesting how how soft Deke has gotten. Soft yes. and silly compared to this oh, Deke. But it also makes sense, like, the second he got a chance to have that freedom, like, that some personalities, you know, are going to find that level or whatever, are going to really grab onto a, it. a layer to it as well is, like, because he goes into the past and it's not his world anymore. And so he is not familiar with, you know, this, I guess, his world was a much harsher world and a much harsher reality and he goes to this you know our our timeline where it's like it's easier to just relax and not be a i don't know profiteering mess (laughs) no that's that's true and like you were just saying like about i don't think they get into it too much you know about like like the idea of them destroying his timeline or whatever or leaving in shambles but uh, either way it's like either his friends and everyone he knew are all gone or he's just never getting back to them like why carrying carrying all that with him all the time would make him like a a horribly burdened character like he'd essentially be an adult superman you know who lost his whole world but also like has the second weird chance you know like with some family members that he didn't know or had some vague recollection of like stories of like like like, it's it's he's a very interesting character and i can understand i could totally understand why his you know, instinct or his his first thought upon arriving here is to just like let go, like just like be be free for the first time ever. Go enjoy lemons and Zima and, yeah. and then create a, a tech company <laughs> and steal all the shield tech, you know, as one does. Another very Back to the Future thing: using your future knowledge to yeah. <laughs> make a fortune. Alrighty, let's end here. Yeah, where can people find you? I can be found occasionally at I Snow Nothing on things online. Uh, where can you be found? I can be found at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. Um, you can find this po- podcast on Twitter at Project Tahiti. Um, we're on all the things you want to listen to. If you're a browser listener, highly recommend you go to butwhythepodcast.com. We do post embeds there that you can have on in the background while you're doing work on your computer or whatever. Thank you all so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye.